looking for the officials. Signal none yet, and there it is. Touchdown, Bulls. Two and a half to go before halftime. This has been a doozy of an opening half for Raymond James Stadium. Brian Batty has already taken one back for a touchdown tonight, and he does it again. Bulls back in front. All right, let's run it. Here we go back again for another edition of the Fletcher and Fowler podcast. I am not sick anymore. I don't feel under the weather, so it's a great day for that. Uh, if this is your first time listening or if you're welcoming back to the podcast, my name is Will Turner. I'm your host and site publisher at Bulls 24-7 here as I take you through this one. Uh, recording here on Thursday from Clarksville, Indiana, right across the river uh, from Louisville, Kentucky, where USF will take on the Louisville Cardinals um, in a very, very busy across Louisville, very, very t- busy two weeks across uh, the city of Louisville. Uh, they had a huge music festival last weekend. They're going to have a huge one again this weekend. So if you are in the city, it should be a very rocking time around uh, the Derby City. Uh, we, you know, are planning to go get some uh, some barbecue, some good stuff across the land, and then uh, head over to Churchill Downs, maybe take in a horse race or two uh, as we count ourselves down for USF and Louisville. So uh, we'll, of course, be sure to uh, bring you uh, some preview content as we as we do here on this uh, podcast. The preview series is back. We got another great guest for us uh, for you guys to listen to today to bring you here in just a few minutes. But before that, again, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, we do appreciate you hopping on and giving us a try as we continue to grow this uh, throughout the USF space. Again, if we, uh, if you're a longtime listener, we appreciate you coming back. Uh, I got stopped in the airport today by uh, a fella named Brian. So, Brian, if you're a listener of this podcast, thanks again for uh, stopping me. I appreciate your support. I appreciate uh, everyone's support as we continue to grow 24-7. Uh, the brand across the USF space uh, as we get through this height, uh, this this the, the rest of the season. So um, you can check us out on all four of the major podcast distributors between Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Uh, we're on all four of those as well as the Megaphone.fm browser inside or embed inside your favorite browser. Browser rather. So make sure to subscribe so you never miss another episode of the podcast. We have. Plenty more to talk about uh, as one quarter of the season is in the books for the USF Bulls. They come in off of a very narrow, very surprising performance, very narrow loss, but a very surprising performance, all things told, against Florida uh, last Saturday night at the Swamp. And um, my goodness, I mean, what a performance that USF put on um, against the the then-ranked number 18. They've since fallen to number 20. Uh, Florida Gators uh, on the road. They, you know, the uh, they came in as a 24-point underdog, and really, I mean, shocked a lot of people around college football. I mean, just with the way that they 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 went into that kind of a hostile environment, played as well as they did, um, shocked me without a doubt. Was easily one of the best games of the Jeff Scott era, and I understand yes, it's a loss but it's still one of the best performances that this team has had. 
uh, particularly defensively in the second half. That's one of the best defensive halves that USF has had in a long, long time. Ultimately, you know, uh, you go down to the final uh, drive of the game. Florida's ahead 31-28. USF looks to, uh, you know, at least tie the game, um, you know, with a field goal. They're driving down. They get to about the 20-yard line, and they have a uh, bad snap that goes uh, out of the hands of Gary Bohannon, gets past him, uh, nice little, uh, or, or, or a bad little, rather, uh, 10 to 12-yard loss. Um, third and 20, they set up. They just try and get the ball back to the middle of the field uh, there to set up a long field goal try for Spencer Schrader, uh, who nearly makes a kick, who nearly makes, a, a, I believe it was a 40, it was a 40-something. It was mid, mid to high, uh, mid to, uh, you know, high 40, 40s yard kick, uh, and he nearly makes it all, even with the bad snap, so or bad hold rather. So, um, really impressive performance. Uh, you know, I think I, I, this th- that was the first time I kind of left the stadium in a long time, and I kind of thought to myself that USF realized what it could do, realized what it could put together in the grand scheme of things. So really happy to kind of see that manifest itself and see that um, see some of the things that Jeff Scott and his staff have talked about over the last you know handful of months kind of come to fruition so um, but obviously this is a situation where you need to be able to keep that up and you've got a Louisville team who is scuffling uh, coming into this week this is the Louisville team that thought they should have beaten Florida State they surrendered two uh, fourth quarter leads against the Seminoles last week last Friday night Um, former USF commit Tate Rodemaker uh, after Jordan Travis went down doing an injury uh, Rodemaker came back and really had a nice second half of that game so USF comes in off of their performance against Florida uh, Louisville comes in off against their loss against Florida State Um, the Cardinals have dropped uh, two of their first three games after falling to Syracuse in the opener in a really confusing game I mean Syracuse led that game uh, you know pretty handily and won that game uh, pretty easily, 31 to six or 31 to seven, something of that nature, um, you know, at the dome. So uh, then they went down to UCF. They beat UCF, and again, that was a game that the Knights probably should have won. I mean, they left uh, 21 to 28 points on the table. I was at that game. Um, you know, like I said, kind of the last week in last week's podcast, I was at that game, and and um, you know, Louisville probably should have lost that game too, in all honesty. But uh, you know, it's. It, Scott Satterfield is the Louisville head coach, kind of coaching, uh, you know, for his job at this point. That seems like the vibe from a lot of the, you know, folks that I've talked to um, just, you know, around the city of Louisville in the last 20 minutes. Uh, you know, the Ubers that I took to, you know, go to, um, you know, to, to the hotel. So, um, obviously, there's a lot riding on this game for, for the U of L. Um, this is an old Big East rivalry as well between USF and Louisville. Louisville leads the season series or the all-time series rather six to five. Um, so that you know, there's a, a lot riding on this for USF. You know, just for you know bragging rights, I guess. But um, should be an interesting one. Noon kickoff, first time USF has played before six o'clock. Uh, you know this season, so that'll be an adjustment. It's cooler up here. Um, you know, in Louisville right now, it's uh, about 75 degrees outside when I stepped out of the airport. Um, it's it's going to get colder here. It's going to drop about 20 degrees over the next two days. So that should be, um, you know, kind of something to watch as well. So uh, with that all being said, we're going to dive into our interview segment as we normally do here on the podcast. 
and we are going to bring on a guest that I, um, you know, have had a lot of respect for um, and a lot of respect for what they do over at our Louisville site on the 24-7 network. We're going to bring on Michael McCammon from uh, our Cardinal Authority website as he brings, um, you know, some, some knowledge. He and publisher Jody Demling do such a terrific job at the Louisville site. Uh, Jody is a longtime figure in Louisville, um, you know, it, it, within Louisville, uh, you know, in their media sphere. He's their radio analyst. So uh, he has... Uh, been around the block, knows what he's talking about. Michael, uh, who comes on a little bit later, also knows what he's talking about as well. He does a, uh, they do a terrific job, the two of them, um, talking about Cardinal football and, and, and all of Cardinal sports. So um, we're going to bring him on in just a second. You could follow their work at cardinalauthority.com. They've got some interesting pieces uh, going on, um, you know, over on their site, kind of a, a, a U of L and uh, USF um, uh, pre, uh, you know, the series, what the series has looked like between their, you know, conference USA days, Big East, and, and, and the one year that Louisville was in the American Athletic Conference. So uh, without further ado, we'll bring on Michael McCammon from Cardinal Authority as we continue to break down Louisville and USF. <laughs> And welcome back to the Fletcher Fowler podcast here as we continue to break down this Louisville-USF matchup uh, set for noon on Saturday, September 24th at Cardinal Stadium. Uh, should be a fun one, a, a little bit of a uh, Big East throwback, uh, yeah. a little bit of the early American here as I have Cardinal Authority contributor Michael McCammon uh, with me today. Thanks for hopping on. Oh, appreciate it. Yeah, kind of a, a throwback game of sorts. Former conference mates. It's been a while. Uh, but yeah, it, it has. Yeah. It has. 20, I think 2013 was the last time that these two teams played. Um, Louisville leads the series six to five. They lead it four to one in Louisville. But I think so many USF fans remember the Lindsey Lamar uh, kick return. If you, uh, I can't remember if it was the in the, in, I don't think it was a 13 game. I think it might have been 2011. Oh, I mean, I mean, I've been covering this Louisville uh, South Florida series for quite a long time. And I remember when they were conference mates, um, obviously multiple reasons to enjoy taking a trip down to Tampa. Obviously, the, the weather being amongst them. And who doesn't like being amongst palm trees? Right. Especially during football season. Um, but you know, th that started to become a pretty good rivalry. Um, and I remember taking some I was doing photos for one of the games at, uh, you know, at USF and and quickly learned the energy that the end zone section would have it for the home games and, and really how welcoming they were, but it was a lot of fun. You know, I have some fond memories, so to speak of covering the, the two, uh, I guess the, the series, what little there is, uh, but it's, you know, it, it's nice to see the former conference mates at least get together again. Yeah. Well, for USF, it's, they don't have a whole lot of series that go past 10 games. Cause obviously a lot of their American foes are still fairly new I mean, the, yeah. the longest running series have really been Cincinnati, um, East Carolina, everything else is kind of five, six games in. So it's a little refreshing to see that there's a, you know, a nice little 11, 12 game series between these two teams. Um, you know, Louisville obviously has changed quite a bit since uh, leaving the Big East and leaving uh, the American for, I believe it was for, for a year. Yeah. Um Obviously, Scott Satterfield is is in his fourth season now. Just 
Um, you know, what, what's kind of been the biggest change? Obviously, there's been a lot of productive quarterback play in that time, um, you know, with a guy by the name of Lamar Jackson, you know, some, some really good seasons. What's changed about Louisville football from the Big East now to the ACC? Uh, well, in recent memory, uh, it's been the play of Malik Cunningham, a quarterback, and the Scott Satterfield tenure. I mean, we're into year four of both of those. That they're kind of connected at the hip. So that, that's really the, the recent history. And, and Louisville hasn't been in the ACC much longer. I mean, once you get past Lamar Jackson, your early year next chapter is uh, Malik Cunningham. So, um, and unfortunately right now, um, kind of, I guess I would say that the story, the theme of Louisville football during that era has kind of been a roller coaster ride. It got off to mm. a, a nice start where Scott Satterfield was the ACC coach of the year in his first year. Um, but since then, it's, you know, a lot of close games that unfortunately Louisville is on the losing end of those games. And, and we saw that kind of repeat last week uh, with Florida State, South Florida kind of feeling the same way in the swamp against Florida. Yeah. Uh, both games, I think, uh, were ones that in Louisville's case, should have won. And in South Florida's case, probably should have left the swamp with a W as well. So, but unfortunately, that's kind of been the storyline uh, for recent history for Louisville football in the ACC. It's one week, okay, you're giving me a little bit of hope. And then, you know, you've got the, the downslope in that roller coaster, which nobody likes to be on. There's no fun there. And, right. you know, so it, it's still an, a, a, a storyline where they're trying to answer questions that they've been answering or they've been trying to answer for the last couple of years. So that not necessarily um, the storyline that, that you want, but that, I think that's where Louisville football is currently in the ACC. Right. You know, um, no, I, I could definitely see it. I could definitely see it. It's um, obviously so many, so many folks around USF anyway, you know, obviously they know Charlie Strong extremely well. And they remember the Teddy Bridgewater days when, when, when Charlie was at Louisville. Um, it's, it's kind of been, you know, to me outside looking in between Teddy Bridgewater, Lamar Jackson, and now Malik Cunningham, you've had three guys who I wouldn't say are carbon copies of each other, but pretty similar quarterbacks in their own right. Just, I mean, how spoiled has Louisville been with quarterback play? Yeah. With the similarities, I think probably Malik and, and Lamar, and I don't think it's fair to compare really anybody to Lamar. I mean, he's in a whole nother stratosphere by himself, but I think their style of play is more similar than, than Teddy in that group. Teddy was more, he, he did like to hang in the pocket a little bit, but did have the ability that if he needed to use his legs, he could do so. And that is, that, that is something that you do, um, I guess, we get spoiled with a little bit, especially when Lamar Jackson is one of the three that you mentioned and Malik Cunningham, we've seen it now for a number of years. Uh, he has had many opportunities where he's kind of made people look silly because of what he can do with his legs. Um, so yeah, Louisville fans are kind of spoiled in that aspect of the game. I mean, they keep it very uh, exciting. That's for, for certain. Probably not as many W's recently as, as we would hope, but that's, that's the case all around the country for the most part. You know, I, I, I'm a huge Lamar fan. I was a huge Teddy fan because they were both obviously Florida guys. Um, Malik's been super fun to watch in his, in his own right. So um, quarterback play has just been fun to watch at, at Louisville the last, you know, decade pretty much. You know, as, as we as we dive kind of into this matchup, um, are Cardinal fans kind of sick of playing Florida teams? I mean, <laughs> the, the Cardinals got uh, UCF, Florida State, and USF within three weeks of each other. Obviously, you know, three very different teams in terms of where they're at in their program trajectory. Um, and, 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 you know, you get two of those games at home. But um, have you... <laughs> 
At first, have you seen a stretch like that where you play three teams from the same state? And just what's no, kind of that stretch no, that's, been like? That's, yeah, that's extremely rare. And until the Florida State game, which, again, I think Louisville should have won, but they didn't. Uh, until then, they had won four straight against teams out of Florida. That is, a, Those had all been to Florida State and to UCF. But still, you know, Florida State, unfortunately, uh, snapped that if you're a Louisville fan. Uh, but, yeah, going straight to another Florida school is certainly, that's, uh, for a stretch like that, I mean, is certainly – unique um but as far as playing them i think louisville is a program that is always going to want to play uh florida mm. schools obviously miami and florida state are in the acc uh yeah. but with central florida south florida um those are obviously you know, things that are, you know that's a nice trip for the players but florida like many programs around this part of the country especially like to recruit the sunshine state so i think that's yeah. that'll always play a role um so you always want to you know, make sure you're you're having a trip somewhere, whether it be your conference mates or an out-of-conference game such as this one or the UCF one where some of these players that are from Florida can come home and play. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I Somebody pointed that out to me on Twitter. I, 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 I was really, you know, kind of looking at the roster. Louisville's recruited really well down here within the, you know, they've been very active in the Tampa Bay area. Obviously their South Florida ties are, are very, very good. So um, lots of benefits there that, that the average fan doesn't always think of. Yeah. Um, I was at the UCF game at, at, at the bounce house, uh, a buddy of mine uh, uh, spotted me an extra ticket. And cause I wanted to get a good look at Louisville live. Um, a couple things stood out and, 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 and maybe it was just kind of game planning for the Knights, but offensively um, you know, it really looks like, uh, the Cardinals run a lot out of the pistol, a lot of trips to one side, um, and obviously want to get the quarterback run game in there. Um, I know Tyus Jones is supposed to be back this week at, at running back to give that extra kind of kind of burst there. Just what have you made of of Scott Satterfield's offense and what they've been trying to do with with Malik? I think you're talking about Ty and Evans, the running back coming back, or Ty on Evans, excuse yeah. me, after, after missing. And he's a he was he's a big missing piece. I mean, he's one of those different type different difference maker uh players for the offense um in, in generalization when it when I, I think about the, the offense is inconsistency um there's mm -hmm. times where um as we were just talking about Malik Cunningham is is doing his thing on the on with his legs but still having the opportunity to find his wide receivers in, in the past recently guys like Tutu Atwell is another one from from the Sunshine State who's now yes, with the is. LA Rams um you know, but this year, especially for some reason, they've really struggled uh, in the passing game. Um, and of course, they, as a side note, just announced uh, at the Scott Satterfield press conference on Tuesday that Miami transfer D Wiggins wide receiver, he's out for the season. So it's a big loss for Louisville in, in a, if you're going to try to find an area on the depth chart, that's thin, it's probably wide receiver. So a little bit more pressure going to be applied to some of those guys on the depth chart as well. But um, I think the, the weapons are there, um, not just Ty and Evans, uh, but Jawar Jordan, uh, Jalen Mitchell, uh, Travion Cooley, all running backs that are, uh, have the ability to really impact and break at any moment. Uh, the wide receivers, um, even though it's thin, I think they, I think they have the, enough skill there uh, to make a little bit of a difference. And then when you have Marshawn Ford, uh, the tight end, he's a guy that uh, should just always, you know, be looking for the football. So I think they have the ability uh, to be a consistent offense, but at the same time, they commit a heck of a lot of turnovers. Mm -hmm. uh, they commit a heck of a lot of penalties. And, and both of those things are going to kill uh, an opportunity to win. And you could look at this last game against Florida State. 
where they had an opportunity to potentially add more points to the scoreboard before halftime, but they just kept be it a turnover or be it a penalty, kept shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah, you mentioned the Whiteouts. One name that you didn't mention, but I remember that sitting on the front page of these game notes is Amari Huggins-Bruce. Yeah. Um, that was a guy that, that USF head coach Jeff Scott knew plenty of being a, a, a South, you know, spending a lot of time in South Carolina with Clemson. Um, they recruited him uh, a, a, to USF for a little bit. So that's a name that jumps off the page to me. Um, how he's, much? He's a guy that's not just to jump in. He's a guy that he's going to have to, I guess, have a little bit more weight on his shoulders with Wiggins out. Yeah. He's going to step into that role that, that Wiggins would have. Um, and it's unfortunate D Wiggins was actually starting to really gel and find his stride. But Amari Huggins, Bruce has had the ball a couple of times and has looked really well when he's had his opportunities. So um, if he can become more consistent and if he gets more opportunities, um, then he is like you were mentioning, he's a guy that could really uh, jump up for the Cardinals this weekend. Yeah. And you know, USF has had a, has had a, tough time containing quarterbacks obviously they uh you know i think they did a really good job against anthony richardson um kind of make eliminating him with his legs i think he only rushed for 24 yards last week um i i i think unequivocally that that malik cunningham is a uh, is much more elusive uh than anthony richardson certainly a different body type you know richardson six four two you know two two twenty two thirty um just how tough is uh, when Malik gets going? How tough is it? How tough is it to stop him in the run game? He's a quarterback that I think. I think if he had his preference, he wouldn't slide. And you'll see him go for an extra yard or two, or even break free in cases where most quarterbacks probably would slide. Um, he's extremely elusive, and he has a great ability to see the field when he's out running. Um, he's made. I don't care if it's a linebacker or a defensive back or whoever it is. He's just one of those guys that has the ability to make those guys, you know, look a little silly at times. So if he gets going and the opponent is having a hard time slowing him down, you know, from pick, you know, whether it be four or five or six yards, then eventually he's going to break one for 15, 20. And then we, we've seen him break, you know, even larger ones as well. Um, that's, that's an area of the offense that I think is a must for Louisville. Um, despite who they're playing, they need, you know, Cunningham to be effective with his legs, uh, you know, to help improve the passing game, really. Defensively, you know, I noticed uh, at that, that UCF game, they're very prone to giving up the big play. Um, you know, I thought they were very good at times against the Knights. I thought that that they made uh, John Royce Plumlee make a lot of tough throws that maybe he, he wasn't able to make. Um you know, same thing with Jordan Travis and Tate Rodemaker last week. I thought he, you know, they did a good job of making them, you know, throw some some tough uh, some tough balls that that you know uh, gave them an opportunity to win the football game. But uh, against USF, you know, they just rushed. Came off of a, a game where they rushed for three near, nearly three hundred yards, uh, and a bad snap removes uh, some of those from being three hundred yards. How concerned are you with the run defense that clocks in bottom 10 or bottom 15 nationally this week um, with a team that's coming off of a performance like that? Uh, you know, unfortunately, what concerns me the most about the Louisville defense isn't really their ability not to make the big play. We've seen them make, you know, some huge stops. They've had a, you know, nice, a few nice strings of three and outs, but at the same time, they do give up a ton of big plays. Um, yeah. And some of what has led to that is uh, what you would chalk up to the mental aspect of the game. 
Um, it, we've seen too many missed tackles, uh, guys that were in position to make the tackle, just, you know, not wrapping somebody up, not trying to go through them, but trying to get them with their arm. Uh, that was a, something that plagued them throughout the, their first game up at Syracuse, which was just a stunner on both sides of the ball. Uh, looked a lot better uh, against UCF. Uh, had 10 straight series where you know, UCF either punted or had a turnover or, or, or something along those lines. Um, but and, and had moments against Florida State, but especially in that fourth quarter, um, it, just too many guys. It seemed like that mental aspect uh, creeped in to where you know the, the pressure got on them a little bit. And all of a sudden, they start second guessing themselves, or whatever mm. the case may be. But they don't make the tackles they might have been making earlier in the game. So their inability to be consistently, you know, whether they're in position or not, to make a tackle um, has me concerned. Uh, whether it be the pass or the run, and we we've saw, you know, Florida State, you know, have a huge game, uh, a, a huge gainer for a score on the ground, and, and there were some Cardinals in great position you know, to make the tackle on that. And they did not. So um, that's, unfortunately, here we are in game four of a veteran defense. And those are the type of things that continue to really, again, plague this Louisville defense. Through four, uh, through three games, the Cardinals have 10 sacks, uh, which is a really impressive number. USF's yeah. offensive line has allowed just one um, through the first three games. I think that's, that's easily one of the most important matchups uh, on Saturday afternoon. Just, um, you know, what have the Cardinals done so well to be able to create, ha create havoc in the backfield? I will give credit to uh, defensive coordinator, Brian Brown. He, you know, he's, he deserves all the credit, obviously good or bad. Uh, but he's been a little bit more attacking, uh, as, especially as of late guys like Yaya Diaby and Ashton Gelati coming off the edges have been very active and been able to get into the secondary, but he's using other guys as well, you know, and getting a little bit more creative, especially against uh, the, in the UCF game where they're making those sacks or, or tackles for a loss but you know, he even he was discussed he was asked about it um on tuesday and he was discussing about how even on those kind of plays unfortunately they might open the door for some of those big plays mm. where they're getting burned over the top so um there, and there's been too many you were alluding to louisville's defense forcing these quarterbacks to make some tough plays and unfortunately they've completed a lot of those tough you know tough throws um and you know so it's kind of what do you do here um and i think that's Part of the quandary this defense has and um there was an expected you know don't want to get a tangent off on the secondary but they brought in a lot of transfers to, to make the yeah. secondary a lot deeper a lot more experienced uh, so that's kind of been a surprise as, as how much they've allowed big plays especially if they're their their level to to occur but um to get back to the original question you know brian brown he, he's been a little bit more aggressive uh putting guys in position to make those big uh tackles for a loss but again Unfortunately, they're also allowing some of those big plays over the top. Yeah, it goes right into with what USF offensive coordinator Travis Trickett said today was was they live, you know, they live by the sword and they die by the sword. Yeah. It's a very aggressive defense from the sounds of it. I mean, I, I, I obviously the Oki is a little bit of a, a unique front that you don't see everywhere in college football, um, you know, just. It, it, it's unique, which I like because it, it, it's going to throw some teams off. but. Um, you know, ultimately, just what have what have been your 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 biggest takeaways? You've talked a lot about you know kind of both sides of the ball. What have been your overall takeaways from the first uh, quarter of this young season? Uh, my biggest takeaway, unfortunately, is you have to start with an unfortunate. Is I'm really surprised with this veteran group, including the transfers. They brought in some really experienced 
guys that were supposed to be impact type type of guys and how many mental mistakes, be they penalties um, or turnovers or whatever the case may be, uh, how much has occurred on a team that has what's supposed to be a veteran group. Mm. Um, and that, that's really hindered both sides of the ball. And it seems to, you know, and maybe it's a case of because we pay more attention when the spotlight gets bigger in the fourth quarter, but that seems like when the majority of them that are the most painful will occur. And that's something you, you just can't have. I, it's it's clear in in running back Tyon Evans and transfer the FCS All American Tyler Hudson a wide receiver. Um, those are a couple of the transfers that have made an impact and I think will continue to make an impact. They've got to find ways to get other guys. You mentioned Amari Huggins, Bruce, some of the other wide receivers involved, and to get Marshawn Ford um, a little bit more involved. So I I do like the skill players that they have on offense. Um, if they are able to cut out those those mental mistakes, you know, had like three false starts in a row against Florida state. Obviously you just can't do that and, and expect right. to win consistently. Um, you know, so to me is you've got an offense that can do it, but they just keep shooting themselves in the foot. That to me, offensively, that's unfortunately in year four of Scott Satterfield, uh, it's tenure. Um, that's where it is. And I think if they were able to clean those up, they could win some ball games, but they still haven't shown the ability to do so. So, um, that continues to define who they are offensively. That, and you mentioned in the fourth year of Scott Satterfield's tenure, and, uh, you know, I get asked this question nearly every podcast appearance I do uh, because the USF head coach Jeff Scott's four and, and, and 20 heading into this game at, at Louisville. Uh, it's it's no secret that Scott Satterfield is, is um, perhaps underachieving since, you know, getting the job. Um, just where, where do you see the, the temperate, maybe the temperature of his, of, of, of his, you know, job security and just kind of where, where things are right now, as you know, we've seen already Herm Edwards and, um, you know, Scott Frost and potentially Jeff Collins, um, you know, kind of bite the dust at their respective institutions. Yeah, obviously winning has a lot to, to do with that and, and they could prolong or, or, even even eventually lead to an extension um but it, if we rewind the clock you know to the summer and louisville had just come off uh, a terrible performance in the bowl game and and so there was a lot of positive pr that really started throughout the spring and and continuing into the summer where it started to build momentum for the football program again they've been recruiting like the program never has recruited before uh ranking in the, in the top 20 with with their 2023 class and all the, the, the storylines coming out of spring and, and, and summer and fall were, were all positive. So there was a lot of excitement, a lot of buildup that this could be um, a, a prove it type of year. Um, and that, that's what really stung with a, what happened in week one at Syracuse. It's, it's like if that was a type of year, then you're, you're not going to come out as flat as you did. And as, as the season has progressed through the first three games, the seat has certainly gotten a little bit hotter for Scott Satterfield. Um, I, I do think he has the ability to turn it around, but I've been saying that for the last couple of years. They sure. need to knock out, you know, some, again, some of those mental mistakes that they do. Um, and, but if they do string some, some wins together and get themselves bowl eligible, um, which I think is going to be a big task, but I think they do have the ability to do it, then, then I think his future at Louisville prolongs. Um, if, if losses continue to mount up, obviously that seat that he's on is going to get even hotter as, as the steps progress. But um, 
yeah. So that that's that's kind of where it is with Scott Satterfield yeah. at the moment. Louisville Louisville needs to win. I mean, they're they're favored to big. They're favored to beat South Florida pretty big. They need to do that to, to start the momentum. I think anything else besides that, and um, and it's going to continue to get pretty tough for Scott Satterfield. Yeah, it's a tough schedule, you know, holistically looking at it. I mean, Syracuse has obviously, I, I think, been one of the major shocks of college football across the country with, with them starting at 3-0. and um, UCF is a competitive team. Florida State's, you know, on an upward trajectory. Um, uh, Virginia obviously is 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 rebuilding with, with uh, Tony Elliott, kind of in the same situation that USF was in when uh, Jeff Scott came down. Wake Forest was a top 25 national team. James Madison is 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 shocking everyone in the Sun Belt, um, and then at Clemson, NC State, and then uh, you know a, a very talented Kentucky team with with Will Levis at quarterback. Just uh, you know, I, I think Louisville and USF are kind of in the same boat from that regard. You know, USF's non-conference schedule is is no joke. BYU, Florida, and Louisville. Um, so I guess this is kind of a general uh, a, a general question is. Um, you know, in these years where, you know, it's kind of one of those, as you said, a prove it year. Do you personally feel that a, a, a tough schedule, if you don't perform well against a tough schedule, is that more detrimental than, than helpful? Yeah, it's kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't when it comes to the schedule. Everybody wants a tough schedule and, and you know, and, you know but, but if you're trying to rebuild or if you're trying to, you know, to prove yourself, then it's, it, it can be hard. Um, and if you don't win the games, you know, like the Syracuse game and not a knock to Syracuse, uh, but that was considered one preseason that they should win if they need to, you know, get seven wins or, or whatever this, this year. And, and when you don't, obviously things get a little bit tough. So yeah, it can, it can certainly hinder the opportunity, um, you know, to, to pull together the type of season that you do now on the flip, you know, if you win some of these games, if you've come away, you know, with an upset win, be it NC State or, or if you, you beat your rival to, to close the regular season, then you're certainly going to look pretty. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it's you, you might have wished James Madison wasn't performing the way they were, you know, <laughs> which, <to> where, <laughs> which is one of those things that you just can't predict at the beginning of the year. Yeah. And what's ironic about that is JMU's led by uh, Todd Centeno, who USF fans uh, I wouldn't say are very familiar with, but he started his career at Temple. So, you know, USF fans are, are familiar with it, but I didn't realize that because he had transferred somewhere else in between Temple and JMU. So when I saw JMU was off to this 3-0 start, I'm like, what the heck's going on? Because I believe this is their first year at, at the FBS level. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and who would have predicted that at the start of the year? Yeah, what about the Sun Belt? I mean, my right? goodness. <laughs> You know, right. so, you know, and, and James Madison to their own right. I mean, they've been one of those dominant FCS programs, but still that's sure. a huge jump. And, and yes, to do is. what they've been, you know, to play the way they've been playing has been quite impressive. You, you kind of are hoping for, you know, the conference schedule makers to pop a Georgia tech on there, um, <laughs> you know, with, with that situation, but uh, obviously you can't control the conference schedule, um, you know, as much as you would like. Uh, and then, of course, you know, Boston College, that's the place that you've dropped two uh, that, that Louisville's dropped, you know, two in a row at, um, yep. you know, as I see on the on the notes. It's a it's a tough schedule, uh, without a doubt. Uh, getting back to Saturday real quick as we get close here to wrapping up. Um, what do the Cardinals have to do to make this? You know, they're they're a 13, 14 point favorite. I see keeps bouncing back and forth. Those two numbers. Uh, what do the Cardinals have to do to 
cover and, 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 you know, make that a convincing win. Um, I think it goes back to kind of the theme that I've been mentioning and that comes back to their, you know, their penalties and their turnovers, uh, especially, you know, when they're in tight moments and they need also need to get them, keep themselves out of, you know, obviously second and third and long situations. There's been many, too many of that. Uh, I do like how Scott Satterfield mixed it up, especially early against Florida state with, with the run in the past. And I think we'll continue to see a little bit more of that. So offense just needs to quit killing itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't think they'll, I think they'll put up some points and defense, the defense, um, you know, I'll, I expect a big player too. I mean, I don't, I don't think any Louisville fan is expecting Louisville to have a top 20 defense, but don't give up so many big plays. And, and when you're in position, make the tackle. Um, and I think they need to do both of those to have the type of game that I think that Louisville fans are expecting to see. And, and I think that's at least to cover. Um, I'm curious to see South Florida because of, of what they just did at the swamp. Um, I'm, I'm a little surprised that I, I was kind of expecting that when it hit 13, the, the spread, I kind of expected to see go maybe to 12, 11, maybe down to 10. But, yeah. but when it bounced back up to 14, it kind of surprised me a little bit. Um, but, uh, you know, I think Louisville's got, Louisville has to, um, to meet that spread. And, and, and it really, it starts with, you know, stop, stop with the false starts, you know, do something when you get in the red zone, get it into the end zone. Um, the things that they've really struggled with, uh, they need to turn them into a positive um, and they should be able to cover that spread. If not, um, it could come down to a close game and Louisville has certainly not done well in close games. I, I mentioned this to you, to, to you uh, when I, when we were doing our, our five questions for Cardinal authority, I, I, I can't, des- I can't decide if this is going to be a shootout or if it's going to be a, a, a defensive game um you know the the over under i think is sitting at 64 and and i think that dropped a little bit and then went back up and i i i think there's a lot of folks that don't that don't necessarily know about this matchup right now yeah and and i kind of felt the same way um and hate to bring up the rival ucf when louisville went there i was expecting it to be a shootout i I did did too yeah i did not anticipate brian brown's defense to do what it did and, and they played lights out um, and UCF is shown displayed before that game and since that they can score the ball. Yeah. Um, so I kind of expect, you know, a high scoring affair. Um, I guess I shouldn't be surprised if it doesn't become one, you know, maybe both teams will, will struggle offensively. You know, I'm looking forward to obviously Jerry Bohannon, you know, worries. I think a lot of Louisville fans, the, the Cardinals defense has struggled against mobile quarterbacks. So mm. um, it, it should be an interesting ball game on, on Saturday. Louisville, certainly needs to to meet what Vegas sets as the expectation, I believe. Uh, and, and I think, you know, USF kind of is in, is in the opposite direction. They need yeah. to prove that they could be competitive against the Cardinals for um, to really, you know, compound what they did at, at, at Florida. So um, they might, you know, I'm not, yeah. they very well. It could, it could be a late four quarter ball game would not surprise me at all. It's the first time USF has played at, noon this season first time they've played you know really in the afternoon because the uh, BYU game was a four o'clock kickoff it turned into a 6 30 kickoff because yeah. Florida thunderstorms are no joke um, <laughs> so it should be interesting uh, Louisville is going to be absolutely nuts this weekend with the huge music festival going on yeah. um, I, I like to do one little uh, one little segment for 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 some of the fans that USF uh, is going to be bringing up um, give me maybe one or two restaurant recommendations for folks heading up to uh, Kentucky 
uh, this weekend. All right. If you're looking for steak, um, and I'm a, I'm a steak guy, um, and there, there's a place on, on Frankfurt Avenue um, called Pat Steakhouse, um, okay. which is just unbelievable. Um, it, it's a great spot, kind of really old school, been there for a, a long time. It's pricier. Um, uh, it, it, outside of that, I had tried to find a, a local pizza joint uh, downtown. Um, and there's, there's quite a few uh, to choose from. I mean, Louisville's got to obviously known for forged pizza. Uh, so I don't want to really, I guess, endorse one single one. Well, <laughs> you know, maybe I should, if I'm going to, the one I go to most is Coles. Um, okay. They've got, you know, two different locations, but uh, uh, neither one really close to, to the, to the stadium, but uh, plenty of foodie to do, uh, you know, in the downtown area or, you know, and obviously check out Churchill Downs. You're basically, you know, going to be right next door to, to the track. And then of course you mentioned, you know, the music festival, Louder in Life. I've actually got family coming in just for Louder in Life. They're going to like, hey, go. dropping off our luggage. We'll see you in a few days. So um, it's a but, huge lineup. I saw yeah. I was going, I was freaking out over yesterday because I'm a huge shine down fan. They're playing Friday. Red Hot <laughs> Chili Peppers is going, yeah. is going Sunday. It's a kiss is going Saturday. It's a huge lineup. Um, and then yeah. uh just one more for for uh for one more quick one for for our, our friends of the podcast that are uh, that are some, uh, you know, dark liquor fans, obviously, uh, we're going to get it to, uh, me and a buddy of mine are going to get a chance to, to check out a little bit of the bourbon trail. Uh, do you have a favorite spot along the bourbon trail for folks to check out? Um, you know, when I first explored it, uh, and it's, it's actually, it's a little bit of a drive, you know, I think going to Jim Beam is kind of cool. Um, but to in town, uh, Angels Envy, which they have a club there at, at the uh, at the football stadium, the Angels Envy Bourbon Club um, is there, but they've got a distillery downtown that's worth checking out. Really, yeah, if you check out Main Street, you'll see a number of places. Evan Williams is down there to check out as well. Yep. Um, so uh, quite a bit to check out, but I would check out Angels Envy as well for sure. Okay. Well, uh, we appreciate the recommendations. Like I said, I, oh, well. I, I, that's kind of why I'm going up Thursday to, to, to get a little bit of a, yeah, uh, a, a taste of the taste of the town. I've got a ton of family in uh, Covington and Newport closer to Cincinnati. So very familiar with, with Northern Kentucky and, and all that, that comes along with it. So, um, but thanks a bunch for hopping on, uh, Michael, just, uh, how can uh, USF fans follow your work and follow all the coverage, uh, that you guys put out heading into Saturday. Obviously, you can go to cardinalauthority.com. We're part of the, the 247 Sports uh, Network. You can find me at Twitter at MCMichael20, the number 20. So MCMichael, the number 20. Um, but, yeah, you can uh, as well as 247 Louisville on Twitter for our, our Cardinal Authority account. But uh, go to cardinalauthority.com. We'll have plenty of pregame coverage as we do. Obviously, Will, you do a great job over covering South Florida as well for the network as well. And and uh, should be a fun ball game and, and some great weather for you. Travel safe on your way to the Derby city. Yeah. Thanks a bunch. Yeah. You and Jody do such a great job. I was, I was looking a little bit at the UCF coverage uh, before I went to that game and obviously looking at a lot of the USF coverage, you and Jody do uh, such a great job with, uh, with coverage over there, but thank you appreciate so much that. for hopping on. We, uh, we appreciate it. Looking forward to getting up there and meeting with you on a, on a Saturday afternoon. All right. We'll see you at the ball game. Travel safe. And that was Michael McCammon from Cardinal Authority. Again, just another one of the great 24-7 sports uh, sites on our network. So hopefully you got something out of that as, as you know, the Cardinals are, again, a team that's that's really looking for a, um, 
you know, really, uh, you know, looking for a, um, you know, a win. I, it's just that simple. The Cardinals need a win. Scott Satterfield needs a win. Um, you know, I, it, it's going to be interesting. It's, it's, I, USF has got to come out like that again, like they did against Florida, without a doubt. If they, you know, do that, then they've got a real chance of, of winning the football game, you know, or at the very minimum covering. Um, as you heard from both of our predictions, uh, you know, we don't know if it's going to be a shootout. We don't know if it's going to be, uh, you know, a, a defensive ball game. You know, we're we're, you know, kind of, uh, you know, figuring, uh, trying to figure all that out. So, um, but again. Should be a fun one from Cardinal Stadium. Uh, we're gonna get some bourbon trail in on Friday, me and a couple friends, and 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 have some some good time. So if you are making it up to Louisville, hopefully those restaurant recommendations that Michael had for you, uh, suburban, uh, also uh, suburban, you know, uh, uh, recommendations helped out. So we will uh, catch you from the game. I'll uh, like I said, I'm up here. I'll be on field taking photos as I always do. And then I'll be, um, you know, of course, at the postgame press conference, all that good stuff. I, I don't know how many USF media folks traveled up this weekend, but you know I'm here. So Bulls247.com, of course, all the great content that we'll have going up over there. We're going to continue to, you know, take a look at that. I also want to make sure that I plug uh, me and my guy Kenny Morales from Spectrum Sports uh, 360 or Spectrum Bay News 9. Uh, we do a podcast every single week. It's more of a, a video podcast. Um, so if you want more audio content, um, let me know and I could go ahead and either make those podcasts of their own on our end, or we could go in and, you know, post those to the website so that you guys could get those. We usually post those on Twitter and on Spectrum Bay, Bay News 9's website. So, um, keep that in mind as well as, uh, I think we're going to record tomorrow morning. Um, we'll see, uh, we'll, we'll see how Thursday, Thursday night goes, but, um, should be a ton of fun here in Louisville. Again, to all the USF fans coming up, travel safe. Um, we had, you know, excellent experience uh, traveling this weekend so far. I mean, just uh, absurd. Um, I was from the Economy parking garage at Tampa International to my to the Cigar City Brewing uh, Bar uh, at Airside C in about 25 minutes, if that. So terrific traveling experience uh, so far as we continue to um, you know, bring you this coverage uh, on the road as we usually do. Um, I love these road games. So, again, if this was your first time listening to the podcast, I was your host, Will Turner. Uh, we're on all four of the major podcast distributors between Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, Spotify. So make sure to check us out over there. And we'll have all the coverage from Louisville USF on Bulls247.com as we continue to finish up here Um non-conference play this last week non-conference play so it should be um uh, a fun week a fun weekend uh again travel safe to everyone coming up and we'll catch you very very soon on the fletcher if valor podcast thanks for listening